We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio WEEI. It's Christian Arcan. It's Megan Ottolini. Arcan and Mego here. Taking you up until 6 p.m. As promised, we're going to talk a little Bruins this hour. As there is an update in the Jake DeBrusque situation, we found out yesterday, well, we found out two days ago he was in a walking boot. Um, that picture came out after the Winter Classic, so I guess that was more like three days ago. Um, we then heard that he had a fractured fibula, and today we're finding out that he has been put on long-term injured reserve. Now, that sounds worse than it actually is. I know we were sort of discussing, and neither of us have any idea, but we were discussing you Speak know, a broken yourself. leg. And uh, that's true. You might know. Uh, And how long it would take to come back from something like that fractured fibula sounds really bad. Um, The team has announced that the recovery time is expected to be about four weeks. He has to miss a minimum of 10 games and 24 days of the season. That's the requirement. We go on long-term IR. Um, Four weeks. I'll tell you what. It sucks to see him uh, have to miss any time with the way that he's playing, but that's a lot better than I was expecting. I thought it would be more than that. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the walking boot, and I referenced this yesterday, Scott McLaughlin from WEI, he had a video up of DeBrusque walking to the podium after the Winter Classic in that walking boot, and all things considered, for a guy in a walking boot, no crutches, he looked Mm. Pretty comfortable. And so apparently it's not a weight bearing bone. And so that's a huge part of this because you you think about, okay, he played, you have to imagine he played in that game on a broken leg. Right. And now he's got the broken leg. And so you think that would be a season ender just on its face. But I guess you could take this as good news, right? All things considered, four weeks. I'd consider as that. As long as it goes well. Yeah, I consider that good news, assuming he rehabs correctly and the whole thing goes well. But I'll be honest with you, the Bruins training staff, I have no reason to doubt them. Right. After McAvoy and Marshan and all these guys who were expected to be out until about now into the season are all back like two weeks in uh, and playing and contributing and, uh, you know, really sort of... Uh, What's going on there? Crushing that whole... Do they have uh, expecting. some... I mean, really... Do they have, like, some shady doctors coming over from Eastern Europe or something? I don't know. <laughs> with some injections? Like, how is this happening so quickly? I have guys? no idea. But uh, whatever it is, keep on doing it and give it to Jake DeBrusque because <laughs> I want to see him <laughs> back out there. He's been one of your best players. Um, there's been a lot made about the Jim Montgomery-Jake DeBrusque relationship. And while I don't know too much about it, um, I can tell you that DeBrusque has certainly been playing better this year than he uh, had any year under Cassidy. And Montgomery talked a little bit uh, yesterday about DeBrusque, if he knew he was hurt. Uh, let's hear that first. I did not know that he was actually hurt at all. I saw him, you know, wince when he took the shot, but then he scored right after. So, um, no, I, I used him in the last minute of the play. I was trying to get him his hat trick for the empty net. So I did not have any uh, 
I did not have any issues or think that there was anything wrong possibly with him. So there you go. Um, easy to say that after the game. That's kind of insane. That's but it is kind of wild. wild. Oh, he winced as he fractured his leg. He's <laughs> like, ugh, that hurts. <laughs> like when you stub your toe. You know? <laughs> I, I have handled stubbed toes far worse than any other <laughs> human being. I stubbed my toe going up the stairs the other day. The amount of four-letter words that came out of my mouth, you would have thought I fractured my leg. I lifted up when I was taking the, um, <laughs> this is a true story, when I was taking the air conditioners out of the windows, Okay, that's a very hard job. Okay, I, I took him out of the window and I put it on the ground, and then I reached down to pick it up and carry it down the stairs. And when I re- I must have lifted with my arms instead of my legs or something, I couldn't move for like an hour. I was completely. Did you throw your back or something? I don't know what I did, but I was okay after an hour. But for an hour, I literally I was frozen. I could not. I had to lie down in the bed and I couldn't even breathe. Almost. You ever like breathe and it hurts? Like yes. that's how bad I whatever I did picking up that uh, stupid air conditioner. You're not made for the NHL. I'm definitely. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Unless if you have to pick up an air conditioner in the NHL, definitely not. Uh, but yes, that uh, that I mean that goes to show you who can forget uh, Soupy Campbell there skating around. It's uh, always the first one against finishing the off the power play, and uh, his legs broken and he can't get off the ice. He's using his stick <laughs> as the second leg, yeah, as a as a way to keep himself up. And even that, like you think about the ovation and and how tough that was for him. And meanwhile, Jake DeBrusque's like. Mm. No big deal. I love that his coach is like, yeah, we're trying to keep him out there for the final minute to get a hat trick. To get his hat trick. (laughs) It's like, coach, maybe you want to sit me down. No, get back out there. This is going to be a great day for you. Something's not right with my leg. You shut up and you play, and we're going to get you three goals. Yeah, get back out there, Jakey. Yeah, because it's the leg and also the hand injury. (laughs) So he got banged up in two places. Right, he certainly did. Uh, Montgomery went on to talk about DeBrusque and his toughness. Correct. I had no, still no awareness that he may be injured when I went up and said that. And I, I was talking more, not so much the physical toughness, but the mental toughness that he has. Like he, you know, he plays with two superstars, right? Elite players in the league. And he has the ability when to, he makes me laugh because like sometimes when say they don't have a good rush in practice, he'll come back and if he screwed up, he'd be like, good rap, good rap, eh? Like, <laughs> He has the ability to inject humor when he knows like he's, it's time to dig in, which I appreciate. Okay. So what I, the hell is going on with that team? I don't know. It's it's incredible. When you think about... Some goofy dude. <laughs> all all the reports that we were getting about yeah. how, you know, the, the, the Bruce Cassidy approach of tough love and, you know, publicly dressing down these guys in front of the media was wearing thin. And Jake DeBrusque, who basically had to answer questions after his trade request was made public, is the same Jake DeBrusque that's like, oh boy, that that really was a stinker, wasn't it, Coach? Yeah, right, let's get him. We'll get him next time, boys. What has happened to this team? So it's incredible. We talked a little bit yesterday when this news broke about his injury, about the Jake DeBrusque redemption story. Because you talk to people who are hockey fans, he was not high on the list of their favorites among the Bruins team last year. No. And, you know, so he you requested had, a trade. In, in That's November happen. 21, he requested, requested a trade from the Bruins and, of course, selected by the Bruins in the first round and had a couple little disappointing stints. And then he rescinds the trade request after... Cassidy is fired. I don't know if you feel like that's a bad look or a good look because it's like, hey, he got his way. You could paint him out to be a coach killer or whatever. And now that everything has been going so well, and then you see this guy who I think a lot of people felt like was a pampered first round pick, maybe not living up to the expectations and the extreme talent that he has. 
now you hear that he scored two goals in the Winter Classic on a broken leg. Like, can you still go along with that narrative? Are you still holding on to this, that Jake DeBrusque is some kind of brat or something? Because I'll say, like, I I did cover that team in the last Stanley Cup run, Mm -hmm. and all those guys are extremely decent in the locker room and everything. I found him to be more of that guy that Jim Montgomery was describing there. Like, great sense of humor. Good rap, good rap, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Very approachable. So, can we say that perhaps, given the way that things are going with this team and with Jim Montgomery, that it was more of a Cassidy problem than a DeBrusque problem? And that this might be the time when you can just, like, stick the fork in it and say, all right. Yeah, he's not a Brad. He's not a coach killer. I don't know how. I don't know how you couldn't say that. I mean, I think that you can. Because Debrus was never enough to get Cassidy canned anyway. No, he wasn't. And I know that you know that that whole sort of thing happened with the trade request. But also, look at David Krejci. He went to the Czech Republic for a whole <laughs> he year. He fled the country. Patrice Bergeron did not resign here until after that change happened. So it's not if he's a coach killer. Then what are those two guys? Those two guys carry a lot more weight well, in the Bruins organization against St. Patrice. I know that, but. I mean, if that's the standard you're going to apply to Jake DeBrus, then it has to be applied to those guys, too. It was the same sort of behavior. It was the same sort of thing. And they didn't, you know, come off of it or, you know, return to the country until after <laughs> until the, after Cassidy was to the United States. out there in Las Vegas. So, I mean, I think there's, you know, the coach killer thing, I think, is not fair to DeBrusque. I don't know that there was a good relationship there. There probably wasn't. But it seems like he wasn't alone with that. As far as the attitude and everything else, I still sort of think that, yeah, maybe Cassidy and DeBrusque were not a great mix and not a great, you know, personality. Uh, uh, there was a clash there in personalities. But I still don't, sort of like the Mac Jones thing, too, I still don't think that DeBrusque handled it well. And I think that him sort of going into his shell and, you know, really not playing well for several years there and just sort of being this guy skating around and not really going in corners, not really uh, producing much. It's a great point. Is it Bruce Cassidy's fault that Jake DeBrusque still had all these bad habits that he just apparently right. was not willing to get rid of until this year when he had a coach that now he likes and is willing to play for? I mean, you're on a top line with two future Hall of Famers. Like, most of us should be able to go out and get a goal when you're playing next to Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. Perhaps it comes down to a bigger question. Do you feel like people can change? So is Jake DeBrusque a different guy now? You can change. Jake DeBrusque can change. We can all be the change that we see in each other and hearts on fire. (laughs) There you go. Um, Yeah, I think players mature. Players, you know, grow up, especially hockey players. I mean, a lot of them come into the league when they're 17, you know, or not the league, but they're, you know, part of the system. Yeah, they get older. They get more mature. They they get tougher. I think all those things are, uh, you know, they just come with experience. And hopefully that's what's here for DeBrusque because he always had the talent. He was a 20-goal scorer for rookie year. Uh, People just like to paint with the brush. Brush, I think, and the stuff with DeBrusque and requesting the trade under Cassidy and and when everyone felt like that was perhaps that team's final shot at the time, or at least right. very close to the end, I think rub people very much the wrong way. I just feel that when you're scoring two goals on a broken leg and hopefully coming back in four weeks and things are going as they are with him this season, that perhaps we can just, we can leave the past in the past. I don't know. And That'd be nice. Not paint him out to be a spoiled brat. It's but also, as we're about to talk about, people are very fond of that narrative. Yes. With professional athletes. Yes, they Even are. Even with hockey players who fit into that narrative the least among all four sports. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's uh, there's something to that. And I think the nature of hockey is a little bit uh, is a little bit different, too. But, you know, with with DeBrusque, there's there was always talent there. There's no question about it. I just I don't know. I feel like. 
you have a lot of coaches over the games, coaches and juniors, and you know all through uh, the AHL and these other places. And it's just like you know, was Cassidy that bad? Was he that bad that you were not a good player Crazy, anymore? Like you, once again, left the continent. He left, but he when he left played, North he played. He, he produced, you know, and he was playing under Cassidy. He could still play his game. He didn't turn into this, you know, this this nothing player up on the wing with these superstars who couldn't score a goal. Like, you know what I mean? Like Krejci, Bergeron, those guys still played their game. Jake DeBrusque went into a shell and never came out until you know last year, basically. But like, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people said the same thing with Mac Jones this year. The Mac Jones coaching. Well, it's the coaching. Well, how about not letting him off the hook for his play? Apples because Cassidy is very well qualified to be the coach. That's true. Whereas the situation <laughs> the with Mac Jones really playing well. is, I mean, it's that's offensive to Cassidy, to be honest. I agree, and I didn't mean they're the same caliber of coach, but I do think that narrative is similar, right? It's not Mac's fault. It's these coaches are, you know, screwing him over. It's not DeBrusque's fault. He's just, he's no, uh, no good with Cassidy. It's a bad matchup. And no one was saying that at the time. I think more people were on Cassidy's side because siding with DeBrusque also meant siding with Sweeney, and no one wanted to do that. Well, that's the point right yeah. there is now maybe there's more of a referendum you know from me personally who said that th- this team was going to be dog water they weren't going to do anything I don't understand why you would extend Don Sweeney when you're doing this brainless move like firing Bruce Cassidy and bringing in a guy who's a perfect retread coach he's going to get the most out of your bottom six guys not your top six guys and I I continue to eat crow on that opinion because they're the best team in hockey and outside of the Mitch Miller fiasco it seems like all the moves that Don Sweeney and Cam Neely by proxy have made going into this season have worked out better than than I know I could have ever expected. Yeah, they made a lot of people look really stupid <laughs> with their uh, is pointing at his two thumbs right here. I mean, I, I had no, I, I didn't think any, I, there's no hype for this team. There was no buzz about this team. You brought back your old players. That's all you I really said did. they were going to be the worst team in hockey. They're, they have 62 points. They're the best team in hockey. The only, I could uh, not have been any more wrong about this team. Best team in the Western Conference, by the way, Bruce Cassidy's Las Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation and include Mac Jones in it because a, a former Miami Dolphin told Colin Cowherd that he thinks Mac Jones is suffering from a uh, debilitating illness. We'll get to that right after trending. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Here's the thing that I really dislike about Mac Jones, if you want to get to the root of it. His, His body language, his facial expressions, his gyrations on the field piss me off. All right, I, I, there, there's a douchiness to that. I don't necessarily know that he's earned the right to act the way that he does at times, like frustrated, looking at the coaches and screaming and yelling and putting his hands to his head. I mean, body language for a quarterback is so important. And I hate when quarterbacks sulk on the sideline. 
You know, they can't, they have to be above all of that. Give it a break now. Gotta hate that cut. That was Boomer talking with the morning show. Uh, what was that on Tuesday? I don't Earlier this week. No, I think it was Monday. Was it Monday? It was yeah, Monday. we were out. They were All out. right, I could just check the uh, thing right there. Yeah, Boomer on Monday. Uh, talking with the morning show. These and gyrations on the field. <laughs> not pleased with the gyrations of Mac Jones, which I guess I missed those. I missed them gyrating. I saw He's him. the last guy on that team that I pictured gyrating at any point. I remember him doing the gritty at the Pro Bowl. You know, he did that all the way down the field. People I think did not like that. He's just now crossing that the end zone low, now. That had a low Q rating. <laughs> it did. Um, I thought it was all right. But uh, either way, um, that was uh, Boomer non, non-pleased. With the uh, histrionics and displeased, the displeased, I think is the word you're looking for. What did I say? Guy. Non-pleased, non-plus, non-two-plea, whatever. I don't know. Um, he didn't like language. It. Called him a douche. Said it was douchey. Didn't say it was uh, the douchiest thing he's ever seen. And he hates all of it. But he hates it. Ben Strong he said he didn't earn it. Uh, Mac Jones taking a bit of a beating this week because not only did Boomer get at him on Monday, but uh, Channing Crowder. Remember Channing Crowder, the linebacker for the Dolphins? Yes. He uh, was on. What was he on? What was uh, this that he spoke of? He was on with uh, Colin Cowherd. It was, the, it was Colin Cowherd, exactly. He's talking with Shannon Crowder, and uh, he has diagnosed, Dr. Crowder has diagnosed uh, Mac Jones with a very serious debilitating illness. I heard you talking earlier about the Mac Jones body language. It's called affluenza. You've been given too much. You have too much money. You just, you, you're a little different. I was around a bunch of rich dudes growing up, and I play with rich guys, and they just have this little demeanor to them, and you know it gets to you. You brought up Jake Cutler. I want to bring up Josh Allen in this conversation. Kyler Murray was a trust fund baby. There are guys that have money and don't act like it. Okay. Um, interesting examples. We'll yeah. get to those in a second. Definitely interesting examples. I remember affluenza. Didn't some kid getting like a car wreck or something, and his lawyer argued that he had affluenza. Wasn't That's, that like a legal defense? I don't remember this new story. That doesn't I think that was real. a thing. Am I yeah, crazy no, or not? Like a, I don't know if it was a DUI case or if he just like, it was a matter of reckless driving. It was a real thing though, right? And there he was said a kid that his, his I, perspective was so warped from growing up with yes. cash. Yeah, Ethan I got Couch, it right here. Ethan Couch, right. Uh, yes, go ahead. Ethan Crouch, who killed four people in a drunk driving accident oh, as a teen in Texas in 2013, submitted the affluenza defense that a wealthy upbringing was responsible for his behavior. So writes the New York Post. Of course, it's the Post yes. that has that. Where I get all my news from. That is, in. I don't remember that story. That's awful. On all counts. Mm. I mean, that is a blight on our legal system. Yes. That that was allowed in a courtroom. Don't as blame me. I'm loaded. Yeah. <laughs> I, Not my, guilty. My what? sense of reality is so warped by all the opportunity that I have. Yeah. Um, Mac but Jones. going back to Mac Jones. Affluenza. Rich guy. I've been around rich guys, and they all had that same kind of attitude. And then he lists a bunch of rich guys that didn't have that attitude. And I just sort of think, like... You know, there's a lot of poor guys who have an attitude, too. Like, Terrell Owens didn't have some big upbringing. He was the biggest diva in the history of the NFL, maybe. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't really think that matters. I think there's plenty of, like, diva guys who didn't have great upbringings and rich guys who work hard. Like, you know, like, I just, I don't I don't understand why he'd even go there. But, I mean, is to address the question, Mac Jones, does he have a little bit of that? I mean... Say say what you think. Kind of, yeah. Not finishing I mean, I, that for you. I don't know if affluenza is is what it comes from, but he does have that kind of Grayson Allen Duke University sort of oh thing going on there. He does. Get he has a little bit here. of it. He likes. He's got that face. He's got There's that kind of face. Here. A young looking guy, and he has kind of a dirty way of playing. You're I mean, that's arguing, all it takes. You're arguing against yourself here right now. I don't think because so. you said that there's a holes from every walk of life. There are. 
See, Ryan, I'm learning, yeah, so I'm go. not swearing on air. Thank you. That they come from every walk of life sure. into the league. And, by the way, once you're in the league, like, at that level, if you're on the field, you're making cash. So everybody's rich then. It's That's just true. like, well, I just got rich, and you had parents who were rich, and you got to be rich your whole life. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, there's resentment that goes with that. Yeah. If you resent rich people, like, I definitely resent rich people, but I don't think that makes them bad people. I don't think it makes them douchey. Like, it might, it might be a part of it, but sometimes you just have a douchey personality. And I don't think Mac Jones does. I think he's an incredibly uh, guarded perfectionist who gets very frustrated and will probably grow into his emotions a little bit more. But this whole entitled brat thing that has been put out there because he doesn't want to have an offensive coordinator who has no freaking clue what he's doing Mm -hmm. and is getting frustrated in week 13, week 14, week 15. It's just, show me a competent, smart quarterback who wouldn't be in that situation acting the same way. Do you think Josh Allen wouldn't be losing his crap in the game, I'm sure he would be. But I mean, and if he's Mac Jones was Josh Allen, he'd be allowed. To, if he was allowed, if he was Josh Allen, he'd be allowed to do that. No one would really have a problem with it. He's not. He's not Josh That's Allen. That's what it is, Christian. It all comes down to when you're losing like this. Yeah. When the offense looks like this, this is what comes with the territory. Now it's an attack on your character. It's not about whether you have a noodle arm or you're sailing it over the sidelines. Or you're not diagnosing things the way that you used to at the line of scrimmage. Like it's not about any of that. It's about the way that you're comporting yourself, which to me is just like low-hanging extra crap. I mean, I don't know. I I understand that people get bothered by professional athletes because they're on such a big stage. And you can say that, oh, they're, you know, uh, iconic for for kids watching the game and everything. I just, I, it, it, to me, it like almost goes in line with the whole stupid like bat flipping conversation. It's like, does it really bother you? Okay, but or bat you just flipping and hitting people low and spikes That's up not sliding what he's talking and stuff about. like he's that. He's talking about his behavior being like an entitled rich kid. Okay, but I think part of what's gotten Mac this reputation is his dirty play in the field. And I think that's probably a bigger slice of this whole pie than just him being sort of, you know, complaining and stuff like that. I don't think that would carry the same weight if he wasn't diving into people's knees and sliding with his spikes up. I think that that's where more of the vitriol comes from, if I had to say. I think that's why, you know, other football players who have come and talked about it. They even they even Orlovsky admitted that it was a dirty thing to do and Orlovsky defends him every single time he can. So, I think that that's that's real. I think that that's a real thing right now. That reputation's not just, you know, something people talk about. I think it really exists for him. I think we wouldn't be ha- I know. I know we wouldn't be having any of this conversation if this team had 10 wins, if this team had 11 wins. It would not even be this is this is what happens with this piss poor offense because everyone is tired of sitting around and talking about how bad the play calling is how elementary it's been all season and that we've been talking about it since the summer and nothing has changed there's very little progress from week to week if any and so now instead it's like talking about stuff by the way that was relevant three weeks ago I mean okay you can say two weeks ago you can talk about that dirty play in the Bengals game. Mm-hmm. But going back, like if you're talking about his histrionics, you got to go back several games because he's just not been doing that recently. Yeah. And maybe somebody behind closed doors talked to him and was like, you know what? Like this doesn't fly this season. Even if you're incredibly pissed off, go tell Hunter about it. it took okay? him a couple months to get there, but sure. <laughs> I'm sure he was pissed off the whole time. Yeah. 
But if someone came to him and said, "Hey, stop doing oh. that," and he kept doing it for a couple not more months, really. you know, like I don't. I know. mean, not really. He he didn't start doing the throwing the hands up and dropping f bombs at the sideline. I would say he did that three solid games. Mm. There was a three week stretch when that happened, where it was like every week. You're right. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it got to a. It definitely got to a level where it wasn't a good look. Fine, like you can say that, mm-hmm. but I I just think it's it's like a nitpick, and when there are such bigger bigger problems with this offense. Yeah, I agree. And I again, just to be clear here, I don't think that Mac Jones's background or upbringing or any of that has anything to do with the way he plays or his attitude or his personality any more than anybody else. Okay? I just I don't really think that that stuff matters. I think that uh you know, there's plenty of guys who come from all different backgrounds who play and act about, all different kinds of ways. Like, okay. So I know people who have tried to do this story about who is the first guy in the building mm-hmm. and that's it's it's stupid. Like Guys are obsessed with this. Like, who's the first guy who's in the building at July? Who's the last guy? Whatever. Especially during training camp. Oh, so-and-so is the first person on the field. Like, you'll see photos on social media of that mm-hmm. during training camp all the time. This, uh, like, Channing Crowder here is referencing two other, I guess he thinks, entitled rich quarterbacks. Guys who grew up rich in Josh Allen and in Kyler Murray. Like, Kyler Murray... They wrote into his contract that he needs to spend time with the playbook <laughs> right. because the video games are Playing too, too much, much of a distraction. And they shamed him into taking that out. But yeah, that exactly. Was, and it that was wild. Huge yeah. to do. But it's like I can't. I can't take this argument seriously when you're holding up Kyler Murray as a trust fund baby who has a good character. I know. Like what? Yeah. And talk about somebody who, if you want to say, okay, you know what? I don't like that Mac Jones doesn't doesn't show respect to chain of command. Whether or not he thinks Patricia is right for the job, Patricia is in the job right now, and he should respect that because it's respect of the chain of command on the football field. Well, that's not what's happening with the Cardinals. If you watch Kyler Murray, how much he's MFing the guy who drafted him, the guy who handpicked him, and Cliff Kingsbury. Like, Well, how's that going? Exactly. Right. Like, that's not – it's so weird to me. I don't know. Some of these people just tell on themselves when they go on TV. Uh, six Jay months, Cutler, Jay Cutler, Jay, Jay Cutler is in his list of guys that you know are are you know might not be dealing with this so well as as Josh Allen and and Kyler Murray. If if Mac Jones really had the affluenza that that Channing Crowder believes that he has and that he he can't handle this and he doesn't you know respect people, would do you really believe that Mac Jones would be capable of going up in front of media three days a week after a bad loss, after losing his mind on the sidelines and say, "Listen, Matt Patricia is one of the most brilliant minds I've ever been around. I'm looking forward to growing with him and Joe Judge, and it's a work in progress, and we're just you know we're not going to." Worry about the results. We're, He's not. An he, would, he would take the approach that Kyler Murray did. Say, "quote uh, This schematic is effed." He would sit and say things like Kenny Pickett would say and go, "You know, I don't think guys are really studying hard on this team." If he was as bad as Channing Crowder and Boomer Esiason make him out to be, I think you would see a totally different human being than than what you get from Mac Jones in public. In I, public. I don't think it's the same. He was media trained by Nick Saban in the in the Alabama cartel. I mean, that's what they do. That's what they do with their players. They're good at that. And that's a that's a thing that they emphasize. And I think that Mac Jones uh is a is patient zero when it comes to stuff like that. But you're right. I mean Mac Jones isn't some unhinged guy. He's not Veruca Salt. Who's gonna be that's, yelling that's and what they're making him out to be. He's a, a whiny uh, crybaby. I I don't agree with that at all. Uh let's go to the phones here. Six one seven 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 Nine seven ninety three seven. That's your phone number. Chris is down the Cape. Go ahead, Chris. 
Yeah, guys, you know, the one thing that bothers me about this whole argument is that we had one of the most, if you looked at him from the NFL standpoint, one of the dirtiest players to play in the backfield of an NFL football field, and that was Rodney Harrison. But you guys know nobody brings that up. Rodney Harrison. People bring that up all the time. That's why he's not getting in the Hall of Fame. I was going to say future Hall of Famer, Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison would take somebody's head off just to, uh, to you know, just to spite, just to spite somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's it, it, a perfect example right there. I mean, you can't, um, you can't have it both ways. I mean, I agree 100%. That if this kid was winning, if we were 10 and 6 or 11 and 5, 11 and 5 or whatever, um, there'd be no talk of this. There'd be no, no talk, absolutely. And the kid, the kid would get a pass. But because we're losing, or they're losing, um, unfortunately, he's getting thrown under the bus. Yeah, Chris, you're right. I mean, that's uh, honestly, I mean, winning cures everything. Winning cures personality problems. It cures chemistry problems. It cures all of that stuff. And uh, if you have a bad reputation, but you're a winner, it doesn't matter. Look at Aaron Rodgers. You know, I mean, I know they're not winning this year, but like he's been a total mess of a person for like so <laughs> long now. His family hates him. His girlfriend's all you know. He has the d- sensation NDAs. of feeling a hundred different hands on my body, drinking the ayahuasca and all that stuff. Like he's a ayahuasca. train wreck, ayahuasca. But he's he's completely off the rails. But he can still play at a very high level, and that's what matters. And that's sort of how it goes. Like you can have a bad attitude. You don't have to be the perfect person. You don't have to respect your coaches. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You can still be a winning quarterback. It's just Mac Jones isn't that. Well, and by the way, driving a crappy car doesn't make you a good person. (laughs) Like, I know. I'm sorry to say it. Like, I've driven really crappy cars. Like, I didn't get a new car in high school that I got to drive in and impress all my friends and everything. Like, most of us didn't. It's And if you did... I got my grandpa's car. Yeah. Like, we all got (laughs) weird cars that were, like, 10 years... That were okay 10 years ago. Mm. But... You know, if you did get a new car, great. You're very lucky. Like, good for you. Be a nice... This this entitlement of this rich kid thing that they're throwing on him, I just feel like it's kind of unfair. And it's kind of gross. Because I don't think that he's ever, like, flashed anything or done anything or said anything to lead people down that road. Yeah, he's not just, Johnny Manziel doing the money dance, you know? Like, yeah. yeah it's, it, or, Man's- like, who is the... Oh, my God. Who is the freaking quarterback at Notre Dame? Right after Brady Quinn. Oh, what was his name? Right he, after Brady Quinn? Yeah, right after Brady Quinn. He came in. He would wear like a big, um, I don't know if you're allowed to call this anymore, but like a pimp coat, like a <laughs> big fur coat. I got to look this up. He was awful under uh, Charlie Weiss there. Uh, we got to, we, we'll grab it in a second. Jimmy Clausen? Jimmy Clausen. Yeah. Like if you want to talk about an entitled douche. Yeah, we could talk about that all day. It's just like... Jimmy Clausen wore big pimp coats? (laughs) Yes, he did. He did. While while he was in South Bend. Wow. Wow, how about that? Uh, All right, I didn't didn't know that about him. Let's grab uh, Mike here. Mike from Pep Roll, Iran. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, yeah, I wanted to talk about Mac and how everyone talks about him being a crybaby and you know yelling at the sidelines and all that. If I'm not mistaken, I remember reports, especially from you guys, saying that this possibly came out of the Patriots camp. Like they were trying to control the narrative when um, Zappy got put in, and um, you know they're trying to like kind of put Mac in his place and hopefully settle him down and quiet him up. And if that's the case, then it's, if it was generated by them, how much of it really is true? Then I'm sorry. So can you? 
how can much you of translate the, that to me? Well, I don't get the that the Patriots are putting him out there to be some entitled Brett. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think the is Patriots. That, but is have, that what the caller was implying? I'm not I, totally I don't really sure what he meant. It. I'm not sure what he was because they want Bailey. There. They wanted to elevate Zappy. I mean, I, they benched him for Zappy in the Bears game. So and it was insane. I'm yeah. sorry. I know you're like a zapster, but in the moment, it was insane. Well, it was it was mind boggling. <laughs> It's not like he was playing well. We don't need to go back in time. I don't think that this is something that's coming out of Patriots camp. The only thing I would say is that there were some murmurings of like, oh, Mac has turned into a real why guy. You know, that uh, he's questioning a lot of things on the offense. Mm. And guess yeah. what? Why can't you get the play to I, me? <laughs> I said this in real time. And why I did say you call it in hindsight. Handoff? He was asking the right questions. He should have been saying why. Mm. And they should have been able to come back and say, here's why, instead of just saying, like, hey, sit down, do your job, kid. Yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. When we come back, we were just talking about the Hall of Fame. Caller brought up Rodney Harrison and uh, Vince Wilfork also in the mix there. We'll get to the uh, finalists, and we'll discuss that with you next. 617-779-7937 is your phone number here. It's Arcan and Mego, Sports Radio, WEEI. Let's take a couple calls here before we get to our Hall of Fame discussion. Uh, Evan is in Needham. Go ahead, Evan. Hi, it's Owen. Uh, so, DeMar, uh, we heard today that he asked about the game, and the league is really happy about that. So great. He's, um, he's recovered a little bit. But do you think that the league is going to respond to this by letting the actual games progress or are they going to keep putting off games and prevent the Super Bowl which people have planned from for that I'll uh, stop you right there Evan they're going to play the Super Bowl they'll definitely be playing the Super Bowl I, I think that this they're not going to replay that Bengals Bills game and I think that's the only interruption that you're going to see. I don't think there's going to be anything else. I think the Patriots and the Bills are playing on Sunday. I think the rest of the schedule is going to go as planned because why would they change any of that? And uh, the playoffs are going to resume. I don't think that uh, th- that one game that got postponed is probably not going to be replayed, and that's it. I think that's the only uh, interruption. Well, by interruption, I guess there's not going to be any other games canceled. But there may right. be games added still. There could be. They're, that's they're, true. They're, You're going, right. okay. they're, they're going through. Like There may still be unusual adjustments in terms of adding an eighth seed, which is something that we saw Mike Florio right. float, which is an idea that I hate that we can get more into later. But uh, it may come down to winning percentage. It may be a neutral site for the AFC uh, title game. We'll see. Yeah, and those could be interruptions for sure. But in terms of like canceling games Mm-mm. or canceling the Super Bowl. The season's not over. No way. No way at all. You want to um, go to Mike? Let's try Mike and Needham. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. What's up? What's up, dude? Hey, Mike. You're on the radio. Hey, so you guys were talking about Rodney Harrison. Now he's a dirty player. Mm-hmm. You guys remember he did a photo shoot where he was, like, swinging a pipe wrench at the camera? It was like, if you come across the middle, Rodney Harrison is going to, like, bust your knees out. Was that one of those old, like, posters? Those, like, old posters in the 90s where it was, yeah, like, was yeah, it one of those? Yeah. I sort of remember that. Yeah, he yeah he was into it. He, he knew what his reputation was. There's also a difference between being dirty as, like, a strong safety, like an interior offensive lineman, and being dirty as a quarterback, you know? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, dirty as a quarterback. There's not as many opportunities. Thanks for the call, Mike. There's not as many opportunities for a quarterback to even have a dirty play as opposed to a safety who has guys going over the middle just about every you know passing down. And uh, even back in in Rodney's day, when the uh, rules were a lot less uh, serious about hitting guys high, hitting guys when the ball was uncatchable, hitting guys you know who were defenseless, like all that stuff. Like that didn't that didn't exist for 
most of Rodney's career. So, uh, you know. What do they call it now? A football? You have to make a football move in order for you to not no longer be a defenseless. A defenseless that receiver, crap right. did not exist in the early 2000s and late 90s when Rodney Harrison was uh, decapitating people. And yes, I am looking at a picture right I'm now. I'm looking at it too. Rodney Harrison with, uh, uh, with a, a wrench. Uh, looks like a pipe fitter's wrench. Uh, looking really, really angry. Like he's going to swing it right at my face. It's from 2006. So it's not like we're talking about 1994. No, he's <laughs> you know, like falling back on his reputation. That, it's not that long ago. I'm I feel like this was from a magazine article. It's I from remember Sports this. Illustrated. Yeah, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. I uh, If it was 04, yeah, that was when he was here and uh, they were winning Super Bowls. And again, like I said, even Rodney Harrison, who in his day was considered the dirtiest player in the league, not on the Patriots, in the league. They took votes every year, and they do an anonymous vote, and they voted Harrison the dirtiest player every single year. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're a you're Super Bowl winner. he played into it. He played into it. But he no took pictures quarter- with the wrench, and, like, you know, you're a champion. That's but what a young quarterback doesn't want to be known as dirty. Like, you've got to agree with that, right? I would agree with that. I don't think that Mac Jones is going to go back to his, like, child modeling days and be in Sports <laughs> Illustrated like, ooh, bad boy, Mac Jones. He's no. coming for you. Unless He's going to twist your ankle. Unless he wins you know? the Super Bowl. He's got a set of brass knuckles. <laughs> right. Gonna bust your face. He's got you like with a menacing tennis racket that he's holding up. Spikes know? up, <laughs> heading right in there. Yeah, that um, just like Rodney Harrison, <laughs> basically. Yeah, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. There's your phone number. All right, uh, we were talking about the Hall of Fame. Um, the uh, Hall of Fame, which Rodney Harrison's not going to be getting into this year. Uh, he's still eligible, and I think I don't remember what year of eligibility this is for him. But I can tell you that uh, Joe Thomas, Darrell Revis. Dwight Freeney, all finalists in their first year of eligibility, along with cornerback Albert Lewis, um, who waited through the customary five-year retirement period uh, to be named a finalist for the first time. The rest of the finalists for the class are Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Devin Hester, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, and Darren Woodson. Um, of that group, only Woodson was not a finalist last year. I really hope that guy doesn't make it to the Hall of Fame, uh, just considering what a horrible human being he is. Um, and, uh, yeah, the rest of those guys, hey, listen, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of Hall of Famers in that group that I would that I would say, right. but uh, uh, Joe Thomas for sure. Revis, I'd say, is for sure. Um Freeney, he wanted he won a Super Bowl, right, with the Colts with uh, uh, Peyton yes. Manning. He must have, yeah. So uh, I need to check and see what his Pro Bowl and uh, All Pro statuses were, but I consider him to be up there. He was the top pass rusher of his generation, I'd say. Uh, heard, any problem with any of these? No, I heard Fourier getting all upset during the midday show about Rodney not being in there. Uh, I'm not that surprised. I don't. I don't feel like there's anybody who is eligible from the Patriots who was a major miss here. I mean, there's uh, going to be... Fork, maybe? Yeah, there's going to be yeah. fan favorites, and that's the thing. Like, he's total fan favorite. Um, who do you think is going to be the next Patriot to get in? Because I'll give you mine. I, I think Will Fork could get in. I don't. I don't know if he's because like he didn't like rack up a bunch of sacks or anything. He doesn't have the He doesn't have like stats that you look at and say oh, those are Hall of Fame stats. Uh, and for defensive linemen in this day and age, I feel like you need that. Um, the next Patriot to make it to the Hall of Fame. It's gonna be next year. Yeah, this is twenty twenty three. Yeah, Gronkowski, right? Uh, no. Because you have to have five years. Oh, no, right. Yeah, five years. So, so Gronk would be a few more. 2014, who will be eligible? Adam Vinatieri. Vinatieri, good one. Vinatieri is like a first ballot guy. I would think so, yeah. Four-time Super Bowl champion with two different teams. First team All-Pro twice. Most points scored by a kicker. Most field goals made. He he holds like 24 different records 
in the NFL, like NFL wide as yeah. a kicker. And some of the most iconic kicks in the history of the sport. So and I people mean, people yeah. will still squabble over it based on the position that he plays. <laughs> it's true, they will. Well, you gotta have <laughs> all the positions represented. Special teams is part of the team. Like yeah. I, I don't think it would be crazy if Devin Hester eventually made it into the Hall of Fame, considering he was probably one of the best at returning kicks and returning punts. Definitely in my lifetime, he was the best. Yeah, he was really uh, tremendous at it. I'd say an all-timer. Um, I sort of feel like Andre Johnson might be, too. Is Andre Johnson a Hall of Famer? He was never on a great team. He was a four-time All-Pro. It's the, the Loomer Loney school of, do I have to think about it for more than three seconds? When you say Andre Johnson, I go, no, because I have to think about it for more than three seconds. Mm, fair enough. Can we um, grab this call just because yeah, I like it. this? Uh, Matt from Munson. You're on, Matt. Hey, how you doing, Meg? What's up, dude? Hey, Matt. No, hey, uh, hey. Real quick, you know, Mac has to embrace this role as, like, the bad boy. He has to come out, like, he has to put the shoulder pads on like the Legion of Doom did nice. back in the 90s with, with the big, you know, the, with the spikes up, you know, the red shoulder pads spikes up and be like, you know what, I'm the baddest quarterback in the league. Mess with me, and this is what you get. And that, that, that's just, you know, you throw away the whole, yeah, I got a tennis racket and all this other stuff. No, just go completely, like, off the wall, come out and, like, kiss paint the whole nine. <laughs> Thanks for the call, <laughs> okay. man. I like it. I like, love the leaning, Legion of Doom. I know, leaning into it. Uh, that's just. <laughs> yeah. Hawk and animal. Football is football, and it's played in full pads, so the goal is for me not to run the ball and. There you go. Oh, at the end say? of the day, Patriot offense is Patriot offense. I yeah, just I don't think that that's him. Cool. You don't think he's Legion of Doom, Hawk no. and Animal with the face Come paint? On. He's not going to do a mohawk or maybe the reverse mohawk so you yeah. can plug in the mohawk. No, nah, his hair uh, looks too good. I couldn't see that either. Uh, that's like Raiders fans dress up like that. Raiders fans mm-hmm. dress up like the Legion of Doom. I couldn't see Mac doing it. It's like that. a cross between Legion of Doom and Kiss. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like it's, it gets so weird. I, I just, I think somebody that says, you know, phrases like, oh gosh, Lordy, whenever he gets flustered, I don't know if he really is the makings of a road warrior. It would be tough to sell that. Gonna kick your ass and stuff. Golly gee. <laughs> oh, here comes the pain. <laughs> um, let's try uh, Giuseppe and Randolph. Uh, Giuseppe, hello. Hello. Hello, Giuseppe. Bonus era. Yes, buenos aires. Oh, not bad. What's up? Well, I'm just tired of the media trashing Mac Jones and his quarterback skills. I was thinking if you put Mac on the 49ers or a Bucks, the Buccaneers, uh, then you can see what kind of a quarterback he is. And don't forget, last year when the Bucks came to Foxborough, Jones was a missed field goal from beating. Brady and the Buccaneers. What do you think, partner? I think you're right. I mean, you're right about that game. I don't know that uh, Mac Jones is someone who deserves that kind of elevation, especially this year. I mean, you're right. Like, if he was on a different team, maybe his stats would look different. Maybe. If he was on the Niners... Everybody looks good on the Brock Niners. Brock Purdy looks great on the Niners. <laughs> I know. You know? Hey, maybe he will be great. <laughs> I am Brock Purdy. But, yeah, in that system, with that, again, offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, you're going to look good. Right. I mean, that that kind of just, like, double down proves what's happening here I know. That sort of goes without saying. But thanks for the call, Giuseppe. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Quick break. Final hour coming up. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.